Hello and welcome to another round of Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch and we have the lovely and talented Cat, that C-A-T, striking the match. Cat, let's get this party started. Hey, how y'all do? doing? We can be found on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all your premier podcast platforms. Today we have two shout outs. One is uh, Southampton, England, beautiful South Hampton is Hampshire, England, uh, home of the Saints Premier, English Premier League team, beautiful place, maritime heritage, cultural highlights, and southmost port of England. Our other shout out is going to be Zug, Switzerland, largest town in the canton of Zug. Uh, Zug actually comes from a vocabulary of the Middle Ages from fishing, referring to pulling in the fishing nets there on the Lovely lakes, uh, giving y'all a big cheer. All right, alcohol is a mainstay here on the back porch. It's a little chilly out here today, but we like it that way. Alcohol will also lead to some of the best times you'll never remember. Today, I'm keeping warm with shots of bullet bourbon and chasing it with the old school Mountain Dew. That's my thing. I've been doing it for years, and I'm pretty good at it. Cat, what you got? I have a lovely uh, pecan pie martini. Mm. Sounds really, really sweet like you, Abe. Thanks, Woo. All right. Today, we're going to bring in the Christmas spirit with what else? Hallmark. Now, before we get to, uh, you know, the watching of the Hallmark Channel, you know, let, let's do another segment of a history lesson with Steve. Need to get a soundbite for that. In 1907, that was 107 years ago, by the way, Joyce Clyde Hall, which was a dude, and his brothers Joyce started... was a dude? Yeah. Okay. Um started a postcard company and by 1911 the halls company began operating under the name hall brothers uh 1912 they started selling greeting cards and that's when it blew up okay Uh. pretty smart 1914 they got like their own small printing press began publishing their own line of christmas cards and we know the rest is history but we're going to keep on going 1917, the Hall brothers invented wrapping paper. What? How brilliant. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, I wrap presents around here every year for the family, mainly because I'm pretty good at it. And the wifey's not, not good at it. But anyway. <laughs> so thanks to the Halls for another landmark moment. Emphasis on Mark. Okay, now in 1928, the Halls introduced the Hallmark brand. And I don't know if you, Kat knows this. The Hallmark symbol, it, 
was used by the goldsmiths in London, like in the 14th century. And they began printing their name on the back. That's that little seal thing. Right. Hallmark it's just uses. to make sure you know who, who, who made that. Right, right. So, you know, to give them credit because you didn't want to get a dodgy brand, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Hallmark, another great American story. It started out with nothing, and now their products are, like, completely overpriced, and the only people really still going to Hallmark, Hallmark stores are the old rich ladies, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, sorry to piss on Hallmark, but it's the truth. All right, history lesson over. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, now let's get to the Hallmark Channel, which is why we're here. Now, that thing started in 2001 and employs actors and actresses that are no longer on crappy sitcoms at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night. Now, we've talked about the Hallmark Channel before on previous podcasts, but the wifey wanted to devote a whole podcast to it. And as most husbands do or should do, I, I gave in. Well, okay. it's the Christmas season. It's when there are... It's the, their big time. I got it. You know, it's their Super Bowl. All right. Now, there's a shakeup, believe it or not. We might. This might be breaking news. <laughs> Shake up in the world of Hallmark, and Kitty Cat is here to to lay it out for you. Drop some knowledge on us while okay. I have a drink. Okay. <laughs> uh, the main chief of Hallmark that had been running things for twenty years. His name is Bill Abbott. Uh, back in twenty nineteen, uh, he got in a big hullabaloo because there was a res. A, lesbian couple advertisement for Zola, a wedding planning website, having two women kiss. Oh, that just seems so scathing scathing now, doesn't it? Anyway, a lot of uh, conservative groups complain and said Hallmark wasn't a family channel anymore. And then on the other side, social media, you know, like organizations like GLAAD, they came hammering down like there is not enough diversity in Hallmark, which is true. Um, They're I... getting better, but that's true. Um, since the controversy, Abbott had left Hallmark to work for Great American Country, which now is called Great American Family, which you still see GAC on the direct. So he's taken his Hallmark brand stories to another network. Right. But these are less, um, there's less diversity, really, in what he's doing. Mm, that is going to stir up a hornet's nest. So anyway, he had worked with the Hallmark Channel since his inception in the advertising department. But then he left Hallmark and a bunch of other stars left with him. Uh, as GAC got rebanded as a family family entertainment, one of the stars that left was Candace Cameron. Duray. Oh my gosh! CCD the the Queen of Christmas is leaving. The queen of Christmas <laughs> has left the building. Uh, she said she left to do more Christian family content. She's also a, a creative director title there at GAC. Family. So she gets an extra check. She gets an extra check. Uh, others that have left are Dana McKenner, uh, Lori Laughlin, also known from the SAT scandal, because Hallmark had let her go because of the SAT scandal, so she picked up... I didn't even know she was on there. Well, yeah, she was. Uh, another one that's gone is um, Holly Robinson-Pete. Oh, my gosh. I love Holly. And uh, 
Cameron Matheson. In the last week or so, Candace Canberra got into a whole hullabaloo because she said she moved to GACF, or whatever it's called now, for a traditional family at the core of GFC storytelling. Now, over here at Hallmark, they have gotten more diverse. Yeah, I've noticed, you know, guys that like guys are on there. But usually they're like the secondary counter right, like right. the brother and his husband or your sister who's got a pregnant partner, you know. It's, you know, it isn't like the main core protagonist in it, but but it's in the story, which it really wasn't before. And you say Wonga Lucas moved into Abbott's role for programming for Hallmark. So far, you know, some of the stories that they've had are a little more diverse. Like the first one with a gay couple was The Christmas House. Last year, there was one I really liked called The Gingerbread, uh, The Gingerbread Miracle with a Hispanic family. Another one I liked from last year was The Holiday in Harlem with African American. Well, at least they're doing something new and not rehashing the same shows over and over again. You know, you know the whole story. Girl comes back, old town boyfriend's there, you know. We know she's the storylines. We're trying got, to save the got, library or the coffee house right. or something. We got it. All the storylines. Another line. one that, that was good this year that I liked was uh, Christmas at the Golden Dragon, about an Asian family and their customers. And, you know, the LGBTQ characters are seen to be like the supporting ones. They aren't the main focus, but they're in the story. You know. Hallmark is producing also Hallmark Mahogany, which is a whole new set for African Americans. And some of the best movies I saw this year so far, my watching, is Three Wise Men and Baby, Christmas at the Golden Dragon, and Jolly Good Christmas. They seem to be doing a lot of stuff in England also. Yeah, well, they like to shoot in Canada too, because a lot of their shows are shot in Canada. I don't know if you got a tax break up there or what. Um,. Here, here's what I'm hearing. I didn't know all of that. Is now Hallmark has gotten political. That's what it sounds like to me. And that's pretty sad to have a channel that just shows little lighthearted Christmas shows during the Christmas season. I mean, they have shows on all year long. But seriously, this is where we're at now. Is, yes, is but you're saying that. But I'm going to be on the other side of that. Is that more reflecting real life? I mean, I have, I've had gay family members in my past, and I have gay family members in my present. I, you know, I went to church with a guy who was in the choir and was in, you know, youth group with me. And then later on, he got married. And then later on, he found who, who he really was to right. be. So right. So he was living his his true his true life. So. Yeah, but you telling me that head guy. He pieces out of there and, and took a band with him. Right. That means there's a line down the middle. Yeah, of, of the some... line I'm questioning is whether or not it's how much they were paying them. That's right. Highest bidder wins, <laughs> especially in Cameron's <laughs> shoes. All right, you still rolling? I'm good. You're good? I'm good. What else are we going to talk about Hallmark? I mean, there you have it. I mean, if the world wasn't batshit crazy enough. Now we're going to have competing bad Hallmark shows, one trying to outdo the other in bad acting, bad storylines, 
bad background scenery. That is, <laughs> I didn't know, you know, but, but that's where we're at. I, I mean, me and wifey, we watch it every now and then, especially during the holidays. I mean, there's nothing else on. Like I said, we play little drinking games of, you know, guess the storyline or every time there's a cookie or somebody sipping out of a mug, you got to take a drink. Yeah. You know. Haven't they gotten a whole lot more racier? I mean, it used to be. They have. It was just mugs and maybe some coffee. There was even. There was even kissing before the end. Right. You see, they said nobody gets to touch lips until the last five minutes. Now there's like, you know. Beer glasses coming out, wine glasses. They're loosening up. They're loosening up. They're yeah. getting, I mean, m- my point is I think they're reflecting more what society is right now than what you think it is. Yeah, they're going to start gambling on it. <laughs> hey, I got $10 on the Cowboys. Anyway, there used to be, back before there was a channel, there used to be like a movie every year that was called the Hallmark Hall of Fame. And it was usually a really good, well-written. Big production, big the whole production thing. Big star, the whole deal, but you know, I guess that's gotten watered down. It does. It does seem like it's gotten uh, the budget's gotten smaller to I me. Know. I don't My know. My favorite Hallmark <laughs> movie is called um, Dog Named Christmas. That's always. Going oh, to be that's my a that's a one. good one. We'll have to see when that's coming on. All right, double reminder now. I think we already did it, but don't forget Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas. It actually goes from October yeah. till the end of, no, till January 1st. Yes, it started before Halloween. Right. All right. There it is, people. Find Hallmark on your dial. Give it a go. You might like it. All right. We're going to roll right into one tough, awesome lady. And this lady is awesome. Her name is Mary Curry. Curie. Curie. I guess that's France. No, that's she French. was from Poland. Yeah, but most of the research was done in France, right? Again, I spell a lot of things on this podcast since I can't pronounce them. In case you want to look up, is it Marie or Mary? Marie. Marie. Maria. Marie. Marie. Curie. Curie. It's C-U-R-I-E. Well, usually she's called Madame Curie. That because She should be. She was born in 1867 from Warsaw, Poland. Okay. Now, very smart at a young age, but she was denied her place in any of the major universities because she was a woman. She was a woman. So she kind of toiled around. She tutored, tutored, tutored some more, basically just to survive, to to keep money coming. Uh, This lady discovered... Polonium, right, and radium. Right. Now, look those up on your periodic table. Man, I hated that thing in chemistry class. <laughs> that, that that freaking periodic table because it's the, the chemistry lady who caught me cheating, she would only put like five or six of them on there. <laughs> and there's a hundred and eighteen elements on right. the periodic table. Right. And this lady here, Miss Curie. Madame Curie. Madame Curie is responsible for two of them. And we'll get to why. Okay, this she was the first woman to win a Nobel Prize. Right. Actually, the first person to win two Nobel, Nobel Prizes. And 
just one of the most famous scientists. I've never heard of this lady. Really? You've never heard of Adam Curie? I did not. Most famous scientist of all time, really. She helped create radiation. The x-ray machine that continue to save lives every day. But unfortunately, she didn't really know how dangerous it was. Because she was around it. Well, she got the anemia ra- due to being around radiation. That's how she died. I know. What a, that's bad. But anyway, Madame Curie, one tough, awesome lady. All right, it's cocktail time. Oh, I don't get to talk about the vow? Go ahead. What you watching, <laughs> baby? I forgot the what you watching. Uh, we watched the vow. I'd seen the first season, and this second season that was just on HBO pretty much was around, was the backdrop was the trial against Keith Ranieri and the, the founder of the Nexium cult. Nexium? Nexium. Okay, th- this guy was like a self-help dude. He started his thing with this with this lady. I don't know what her name was, but if you Nancy watch Saltzman. Now, okay, I don't know if I trust her either. <laughs> and and you know they whatever they did seminars and kind of brought people in. It was a little Scientology. It was a little you got to work your way up the ladder and and go to these meetings and stuff. But then it just. The documentary, is that what you're going to call it on HBO? Yes, it, it's it was, they, they broke it down in hour segments. It went on for, what, nine weeks or so? Nine months? Six, uh, six, six episodes or something. And then this thing just got dodgier and dodgier. And, and this mean, dude was a creep. I mean, a if creep. If you watch the first season of The Vow, they look like, you know, they were just in seminars and they were, you know, wearing little sashes. It really wasn't, it was getting dark. And people were leaving because they felt the mind control right, happening. Right. But it wasn't as dark as the second where you actually found out the dirty shit that was going on. He was basically, not he was, was he doing mind control? He was trying to get this group of girls or women, women, girls and women really, to be part of a sex cult that he would have at his, at his leisure. Well, they called it work. Right. You had to do work for him. And that would require you sending him dirty pictures to his phone. So he would have collateral. Right. He would get dirty stuff on him so they wouldn't go rat him out in the end. And luckily for all of us, how many years did he get? Or is he, if we got the... It was uh, 125, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Okay. I mean, this guy was just, he was just a, a predator. The, the shame of it was if kind of a sm- smart guy. Right. And I think he was... He was capable of helping people kind of get out of their funk <clears throat> and try I to... I mean, he, had, he, has, he helped people with Tourette's, right? Well, there was one lady that said she got help with it. It, it was, again, it, it, the bottom line was the guy was a predator and a creep. And the lady that he started the company with, it, I, 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 did she go to jail? Yes, she went to jail. She, she's doing... Uh, three and a half years. Okay, because while they showed the vow, at the beginning, you know, she seemed like she was on his side. No matter what he said or what he did, she didn't know he was having sex with this girl and sex with the other girl. He was having sex with her own daughter. Yeah, she didn't didn't know. know it. But as the vow went on and on, you started seeing this lady had to know what was going on. She was just acting like she didn't know so she could stay out of jail. But 
whatever, three years, at least she got something. Right. Just, and they were taking people's money right. on top of that. You were paying, you know, the, for the pleasure of taking these classes and everything. So. What was the group called again? Nexium. Nexium. Okay. Because it was all these code words, DOS. Were, I, mean, and, I mean, he was having women brand themselves with his initials. It was so crazy. And these women did it. I mean, and these did not look like stupid women. They didn't. It's just they got so mind screwed up or they didn't know what was happening. This guy looked like a troll, man. He has hair down to his shoulders and I mean, a fuzz all over his face with his sweatpants said, on. The dude was a creep. The bed, you know, he would have sex with the bed would be dirty. Uh, and the just, the just dude really was gross. disgusting. I'm glad he's in jail. Hopefully somebody will take a hammer to his head while he's in there. <clears throat> All right, The Vow. It'll probably come back on. Check it out on HBO. It's, it's, it's pretty shocking. All right, now it's cocktail time. Cocktail of the week, we're going with the Kentucky Mule. Oh, the Mule. I didn't know this one, but I can get down on this one. Because it's basically my classic bourbon and ginger with a splash of lime juice, right? Okay. Now, basically, the Kentucky Mule, you can make this thing kind of any way you want to. Now, here's my mule. Just take a highball glass, fill it with ice. Or you can do the special copper mugs like we've got today. Oh, Kat made us some. We're going to do a tasting. How about that? Take your copper mug or highball glass, fill it with ice, add two shots of bullet bourbon. Bullet bourbon... It's one of the best bourbons on the market. Let's just face the music. No discussion. You got two shots of bullet bourbon. Add ginger ale to about maybe three-fourths full of the glass. And then gently stir it. And just add a little splash of lime juice on top. Um, bam. You got the Kentucky Mule. Kentucky Mule. I'm going to give it a shot. We Cat did one. I think with ginger ale, and then people will do it with a splash of that ginger beer. Now, we've tried that ginger beer on some other cocktails around here. That's a, that's a, that stuff's hard to get used to. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's give it a go. Hey, if it's got bullet bourbon in it, I'll drink it. I like it. It's good. Let me taste that uh, one with the ginger in it. Ginger beer. God, that stuff even's got a smell to it. <sighs> I I'm not a ginger beer guy. I'm gonna say no more. <laughs> no more ginger beer. But do 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 the one I said. Bullet bourbon. It's bullet and ginger with a splash of lime juice. A Kentucky Mule. It's a great cocktail. Give the mule a try. All right, today. Bumpered in by Marvin Gaye. Born April 2nd, 1939. I did not know he was from Washington, D.C. Had no clue. Grew up in the projects. Started singing in church. Family was Pentecostal, so you know they were getting down in there. Oh, yeah. Um, he started a quartet. And actually got his first little boost from Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley heard him and uh, and gave him a little tryout. That's pretty cool. Marvin Gaye, I mean, if you know him, 
you know, Grammy winner, inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, all deserved. A, a man who inspired, you know, how many artists? Barry White, uh, Tupac, Nas, D'Angelo, Erica Badu. The list goes on and on and on. Recorded great, great albums. One that I've had for a long time, of course, is, you know, what's going on, which he recorded that thing in 10 days, that That's freaking amazing. album. Uh, Mercy, Mercy Me, just one of my favorite songs ever. Inner City Blues, which that's what we were bumpered in today, right? Right. Love that song. Um, if you do anything after any of these podcasts, find that song, Inner City Blues, and just listen to it. Listen to it over and over again. It's just an awesome piece of music. And, you know, after what's going on came, I think it was Let's Get It On. Okay. Now, that album album re requires a glass of wine, some candles, right? Yep. Sit back and enjoy. Marvin Gaye, he was the king of cool, king of smooth, king of soul. Again, if you don't know the music of Marvin Gaye, you're missing out. So check out Marvin Gaye. That's Gaye with an E. Wherever you get your music, two old guys on the back porch. I want to thank everybody for listening, and we will see you all down the road. See ya. No, no, baby.